everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Fuck? Where we're talking about topics that have caused so much damage. People don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski. Hi, Pastor Joel. Hey, Pastor Jonathan. How you doing, man? I'm praying we have an excellent season finale. <gasps> well, I'm glad that you're that you've been praying. Yeah. What's that? Think, and I think that you're I think that your prayer, well, I have faith that your prayers are going to be answered. Yeah. In the season finale, because the season finale is prayer. Prayer. Nice. Yes. Would you give us the background of the topic of prayer, Pastor Joel? Sure. So once again, I'm going to, I'm going to point to an episode we did last season Mm -hmm. on reward. We talked about it at length, even in the last episode on spiritual value. But the episode of reward in particular, we discussed briefly how prayer is affected by reward, but we stopped there. So in the spiritual value episode, we covered how spiritual, we covered spiritual value and talked about how we can have access to it and how there was a third way to build spiritual value in addition to loving and handling abuse well by forgiving the answer that third way is prayer yeah so however prayer is a complicated doctrine it requires having several foundational doctrines correct Mm -hmm. and it took us another entire season and then some (laughs) to lay the groundwork for us to be able to get to that reward episode where we talked about prayer was season three episode 12 we're now in season four episode 15 and we've finally gotten to the point where we can decently and in order discuss this doctrine wow so we are hit this is complicated this is a complicated doctrine it is it is a complicated doctrine okay it's also why of the four causes of church we waited to cover this one last you know this is the church season Mm-hmm. But in this episode, we will be coming directly at prayer, especially since it's one of the four causes of church that we taught about in episode two of this season. This is the fourth we've covered of the four causes. Check out Acts chapter two, verse 42, and you'll see the Apostles' Doctrine, Breaking of Bread, Fellowship, and Prayer. So that's where we're at today. That's the background of why it took us so long to cover this topic and why we're covering it now. We got it. We have the, we've laid the groundwork and it is a pivotal pillar of how the church functions. Excellent. Thank you for that. How have people been hurt by this topic in the church? How has the topic of prayer caused disunity? Yeah, there's disunity over whether or not we should just treat prayer quantitatively, meaning how much you pray is most important. Oh, I prayed for two hours today. Great. Is that because you needed to pray for two hours? Is because you're not good at praying or because you think the more or the more time you pray, the better. Hmm. Or the thought goes all the way to the other side of the spectrum of like, you know what? Any thoughts or feelings or words I have or speak towards God are accounted for as prayer. 
And we see this come out like, oh, I was praying to God the other day. I was praying, I was praying, I was praying. It's like, how many of those things are actually prayer? Or, you know, sending my thoughts and prayers to you. It's like, really? Are we like, are we really praying? Do we use this word way too much and we don't actually know what it means? So that's really where it is. It's either often focused too much on just how much and how long I pray or I just don't really know what prayer is. And I think anything, any communication towards God is prayer. Excellent. What does this conflict and issue look like in the church? So when the disunity happens, the strict side and the loose side form, can you cover the strict side first, Pastor Joel? Yeah, the strict side is pray, 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 just keep praying. It tends to be the answer to solve any problem. Okay. Don't know how to handle something? Pray. Don't know how to reach your kids? Pray. Having troubles with your spouse? Pray. You're a Christian? Pray, 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 pray. And it is this quantitative aspect. So Martin Luther famously said, I have so much to do today that I'm going to need to spend three hours in prayer in order to be able to get it all done. Hmm. But interestingly, he also said the following, the fewer the words, the better the prayer. So which is it, Martin Luther? Or which is it, all of you Christians who quote these as if you're helping people when you do on social media? Hmm. Now, notice, I could argue for each of these points at the contextual level. I have so much to do today that I'm going to need to spend three hours in prayer in order to be able to get it all done. That's awesome. Yes, I can argue for that point. You should be on your knees before God before you start your day in order to get everything you need to be done, done. Ooh, the fewer the words, the better the prayer. That's the one I'm, I'm honestly going to probably stand with more. Because I'm going to be like, yeah, you're right. You're right, Martin Luther. Because that means you probably know the right way to pray. Interesting. But these are at the contextual level. They don't work in every context. I can't just tell people the fewer the words, the better the prayer, and that works in every context. And notice they're both quantitative too. We're talking about the amount of words and the length of time I spend praying. Okay. Now we do know prayer does change things. However, neither of these answers, pray for a long time or pray for a short time, neither of these gives the doctrinal answer, the ultimate answer, that was true no matter what the context. And that's what we're trying to do is we'll try to give people the answer to what prayer is, what's the right way to pray in a way that they can use that in any context. That's what we mean by the ultimate answer. Nice. Yeah. The ultimate answer is regardless of the context, meaning in every context and it's a quality, it's a quality answer, depending on, regardless of wherever you find yourself, you can use that answer. Right. Whether you have three hours or whether you have one sentence. Right. Yes. Be able to be effective in our prayer life. How do the people that hold this perspective, the strict perspective, support it with the Bible? Well, I could use any prayer verse or verses in the Bible to support this. Here's an example. Romans 12, 12 says, rejoice in hope, 
be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Well, the encouragement to pray is amazing. We're not arguing against this verse. But if it's not done decently and in order, it's ineffective. So are we treating the God and creator of all with the respect he's due? Especially in prayer? Hmm. I can see this. Be constant in prayer. What does Paul mean? And again, how can this be consistent with everything else said about prayer in the Bible? So that would be basically you take any verse and there's a lot of verses, especially Paul talks about prayer a lot. Right. Well, we need to be careful that we don't take what the Bible says and require everybody to follow the what without accounting for the how and the why. Nice. How would you handle an interaction with someone who held the strict perspective? Well, I could ask, well, how, what's constant mean? If they use this verse, what's constant? Sure. Because I'm not praying right now, having this conversation with you. Are we wrong? Mm. I could ask, is there a right way to pray? I would hope they'd say yes, especially if they're arguing. Because, I mean, Jesus taught the right, a right way to pray. Yeah. I could ask, what determines if your prayers are answered? How often should I pray? For how long? And then, of course, the golden one is, what is prayer? What's, what's it mean to pray? What's the definition of prayer? Got it. I want to summarize where we're at here. Okay. With the, with the strict perspective, praying is really done with a focus on quantity. With those two quotes that, that Martin Luther said, especially. Yeah. You know, few or a lot. Both of those are focusing on quantity. So yeah. they're both related to the strict perspective. And often these prayers are done without the respect that God deserves. Right. So if people are praying all the time, if they're talking, if they're asking, if they're, you know, uh, going to the bathroom, if they're in the shower, if they're, they're not thinking about a, a specific way to pray, is that what God deserves? Right. Is the creator of everything. Can you just throw a request at him or say words to him and he will answer and hear and give you what it is you're asking? Eventually for. something's going to stick. If like you do that a, enough. Definitely some big issues with this. No kidding. This, this is huge. This is huge. And before we get into the loose side of things, Let's go ahead and take a call. Oh, look at that. We got a call from Crowley, Louisiana. Ooh, Crowley. 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 Louisiana. Yeah, Crowley. Sorry. Not good with accents. So we I know. Read I, I read it what, how it read, how it how it's written. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Crowley. Crowley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crowley. You know who this is, though, right? Yeah, we do. This is Pastor Rich. Awesome. Go ahead, Pastor Rich. You are on the line. Oh, Pastor Joel and Pastor Jonathan. Pastor, Pastor Tater? Tater? <laughs> That's right, fellas. It's me. I 
have somewhat to say on the matter of prayer in Crawley, Louisiana. I was always taught we needed to pray, but it didn't matter what we said or how we did it because God already knows what we need. Wait, 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 wait. What are you doing in Crawley, Louisiana? Well, Dickie, I mean, Pastor Rich and I are sitting here with our Bibles open, following along with your show. This is perfect timing because Pastor Rich is preaching on prayer this week. Now, can you believe that? I think he knew the answer to my question from last week. You know, y'all got to know. This is, he is so very, very smart. <laughs> you know, uh, like his mother. When did you get the Crowley? Well, mother and I have been here for a couple of days now. Uh, things are going so well. Uh, and Pastor Rich has asked me to lead his midweek services, bringing me to tears, y'all. <laughs> he is. Oh, man, that is amazing. I'm so happy to hear that. Hey, by the way, can you tell Mrs. Tater that we miss hearing from her? Oh, I, I would do that, Pastor Jonathan. Uh, what's, what's that? Uh-huh. It, it, okay, wait. Uh, Pastor Rich says, congratulations on another successful season. That's a nice thing to say, Pastor Rich. Ah, uh, thank you, Pastor Tater. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Gentlemen, I am going to hang up so we can continue taking notes. <laughs> yep, that's right. We got you got a lot of notes there, kiddo. Yeah, well, all right, good for you. Okay, so uh, yeah, this was my favorite podcast. To hate, God bless. Well, thank you for the call, Pastor Tater. What a guy! What a surprise that was. Yeah, it's amazing. That is amazing. Uh, it sounds like they are having an absolutely spectacular time, and I'm so happy to hear that they're together. And Pastor Tater's hanging out with Pastor Rich. Love yeah, it. Mrs. Tater there too. It's great. I love love hearing the family getting together and getting together for good reason. And it sounds like lots of repair and just joy. Sounds joyful, doesn't it? Sure does. Well, let's make sure we help Pastor Rich with his sermon. All right, here coming at you, Pastor Rich. Pastor Joel, what is the other side of the argument? The other side is that prayer is free. Go ahead, ask. God is love. He'll answer your prayers. And if he doesn't, it just must not have been his will. Okay, and how have people been hurt by that perspective? Well, people are using their spiritual value through prayer without knowing it. And people aren't taking part in facilitating God's will to happen. So how would you have a, an interaction with someone who held this loose perspective? Yeah, this honestly, especially the, the whole, well, the, it's, it's easy to see the rationalization. If my prayers aren't answered, God must not want it to happen. This goes back to God's nature again, mm -hmm. right? Sovereignty, God's in control. Sure. The omnis, God's all powerful. So we want to, we want to, you know, excuse our ability and method of praying and what we're praying for and why we're praying as it's just, it's just God's fault if it gets answered or not. But this whole like treating prayer, like it's free thing. 
again, it goes against God's nature, but we do, we treat it as if there is no value being exchanged at all. Like I can just go to the grocery store, throw a bunch of stuff in my grocery cart and walk out the store. Why? Because God owns the store and God is love. Mm. But we're parents or I'm a, you know, I'm a parent and, and as a parent, I love asking this. I've heard, I've heard this taught to me before. I've had someone share this example about prayer that really helped. And it posed this question of, as a parent, how do you determine whether or not to give your kids what they ask for? The answer is merit, right? You earn it. Yep. Did you earn it? Did you do enough chores or whatever? Did you listen well enough? I've been a really good listener, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, God's the same. Merit is justice, right? Yeah. So that's how I, you know, that's one way I could go about this is like, if you think prayer is free, I would ask this parent question. What do you, I mean, what do you do to determine when you give to your kids or not? And then you could also, the same as on the strict side, you can ask, you could just ask the person, what is prayer? I think a lot of times on this side, again, what, what we're doing is just assuming any communication with God is prayer. So I can talk to God freely and he can talk back to me and it doesn't cost it. Hmm. But what is prayer? Interesting. Yeah. So when you see this going on in the church, the strict side, the loose side, what are your thoughts, Pastor Joel? My thoughts get categorized into three different groups of people. I feel sorry for one group. These are the people who don't know how to pray and think that however they're talking to God is fine and that they shouldn't be held to a specific process for their prayers. Unfortunately, with these people, why they're in such a bad spot is they would never treat others like this when they want something. Yet they treat the God of the universe this way, and which is actually disrespectful. Hmm. There's the group of people I understand why they do what they do. These are people who are frustrated that their prayers aren't being answered. And the only advice they've been given is to just keep praying. Then there's the group I'm impressed with. These are people who know how to pray. They know how to pray in a way that honors God. They know how prayer works. And they're intentionally taking part in facilitating God's will on earth. So... What's the ultimate answer, Pastor Joel? (laughs) The ultimate answer is prayer is an exchange of spiritual value with God. So prayer is the way to access your spiritual value. We have treasure in heaven. Prayer calls down that treasure. Ooh. Now, it ought to be done to facilitate God's will. However, people can also facilitate their own will if they have enough value. But God is right and just. And he moves in response to justice. Me giving him my value is cause for him to move. Hmm. So this is what we talked about actually in the Malk podcast and the spiritual value episode. Why does a person need spiritual value in order for God's will to happen through them? This prayer is really the way we give God the value we have. 
we give him access to this value for his will to happen. Hmm. And then we can also gain through that as well, because we're taking part in that we get rewarded through it. So that's another, another reason why prayer, if we prayer, you can see it as an investment. We pray for people the right way. If we give God access to the value we have, it's like, taking that value and investing it into something else. And if that thing we've invested into accrues more value, we have a share in that. So that's why also why it would be the third way you can intentionally gain value is through prayer. But as this season's theme was church, and this was the final of the four causes of church. I also want to emphasize this, that prayer is the cause of church that provides the spiritual benefit to the church. Nice. We saw fellowship provided the emotional benefit. Breaking of bread provided the physical benefit. Apostles doctrine provided the mental benefit. Prayer provides the spiritual benefit. Sweet. So all four areas of a body, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual are covered through the four causes. Now, how about for some tips for how to pray? Love it. Bring it. I call these the four R's of prayer. Nice. These four R's of prayer were used every time a prayer was answered in the Bible. Number one, recognize God. Now I'm going to use the, what you could call as the Lord's prayer often referred to this. It's the prayer in Matthew chapter six that Jesus uses to describe in this manner, therefore pray. And he starts by saying, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. This is recognizing God. Mm, Who nice. am I praying to our father nice. in heaven? Holy is your name, right? The second R reinforce your faith. Now prayer requires faith. So we need to build it or reinforce it through this prayer. Because without faith, my prayers aren't going to get answered. And what's faith? Faith is a belief in something you can't see either because it's invisible or is it has yet to happen. Prayer fits the has yet to happen side. It also fits the other side because I'm praying to a person I can't see. Mm, nice. Reinforcing your faith is, is an important step. So Jesus continues. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done. These are statements. He's making these as if they're true as they are true. This is Jesus expressing his faith in these things. It could just as your will be done, your kingdom is here, will come. Nice. That's reinforcing your faith. A lot of time the reinforcing your faith can be done through making proclamations about who God is and how he works. I could even argue that saying hallowed be your name is a way to reinforce your faith in God. Hmm. I'm praying to God, reinforcing my faith in God, he is holy. The third R, reference justice. Now, prayer is an exchange of spiritual value. So we have recognize God, reinforce your faith, reference justice. This is essentially saying to God why you believe it would be just of him to answer whatever the request is you're going to make. Here we can see Jesus says, Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. As we forgive our debtors. 
mm-hmm. is the referencing of justice. So spoiler, these four R's can be out of order as long as all four are used in a prayer. Because nice. what we see is really part of the request was made before he referenced justice. But that line, as we forgive our debtors, is like Jesus saying, all right, I'm going to request that you forgive us our debts. The referencing of justice or why that would be a just thing for God to grant me is because we forgive our debtors. Nice. It's just. Which leads me to, if you haven't figured it out already, the fourth R is make the request and let it go. Which the request in the Lord's Prayer here in Matthew chapter 6 is this, give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our debts, do not lead us into temptation, deliver us from the evil one. So using this Lord's Prayer is a really effective, really short version of a prayer that covers all four of these R's. The four R's again are recognize God, reinforce your faith, reference justice, and make your request. So you can talk to God without asking for something. Yep. And we should all do this. Yep. It's just not prayer. Many people consider any conversation they have with God as if it's prayer. And if that's your definition, I understand your confusion as to defining prayer as an exchange of spiritual value. You may even be thinking, well, I'm not wanting anything from God. I'm just wanting to share and to fellowship with him. Well, great. And again, I would say you should do this. What I've done to help people with this conflict is bring them the resolution of fellowship or prayer. So for now, let's look at the growth of our intimacy with God as fellowship, while any communication that involves asking for something from God then means that communication has become a prayer. And it makes more sense even when you consider that or when you understand that the word pray simply means to ask. So as soon as you make a request, it becomes a prayer. Now, Jesus really proved this out as well. He turned over the tables of the money changers in the temple. God said it was a house of prayer, exchanging of spiritual value. Not exchanging physical value with each other. Nice. Jesus would not have his father's house be turned into a den of thieves. Nice. So to bring more clarity to this perspective, we're going to go back to the parent and kid analogy. Nice. And and we'll bring this even further. Cool. So let's approach this topic. Let's look at the approach of two different teenagers using to ask their parents for $50. And then I'll end it with a question. The first teenager casually asks his parent for $50. In the middle of his request, he suddenly stops to respond to a text message that he got from one of his friends. When the parent asks why he needs the money, he begins to demand the money and even insults the parent. When the parent reminds him that he was given $20 the prior week and ended up using the money to buy alcohol and get his friends in trouble, the teenager plays the victim saying, I knew you wouldn't give it to me. You don't love me. And when the parent tries to explain what they're doing is actually love, the teenager leaves the room in a huff. Hmm. The second teenager picks a specific time to approach 
to approach the parent in an intentional manner. The teenager makes sure there are no distractions and carefully makes his request in a humble and respectful manner. The teenager explains why he needs the money and how he deserves it, for instance, based on the chores he has done. He also explains how he spent the $20 from last week and how it benefited other people. In fact, the teenager was able to show the $50 he's requesting would accomplish things in line with what the parent has wanted to occur in his and others' lives. Furthermore, when the parent explains the same effect could be had with just $30, or with $50, not only could the teenager accomplish what he needs, but he could also do something more for the parent. The teenager listens and agrees with the parent's plan. Nice. So here's the question. Why would a person treat the God of the universe in any manner less than the way the second teenager treated their parent? I know these are very two very clear, distinct ways of communicating. The point being is how often we all have parents, we've all asked them for stuff. And when you really want something, we are all very intentional about the right way to ask dad for something, right? You're right. The right time. Not right when he walks in from work. Yeah. Maybe not when it's too late at night. Maybe not too early in the morning. Maybe you got to get him his cup of coffee first. Yeah. Maybe not during one of his favorite TV shows. We're all really intentional. Yeah. Why would we treat God Less than that. So now to address Pastor Tater. What's the best way to use our spiritual value? Because Pastor Tater asked last week if we should store it or bring it down. Using it for stuff, physical, tangible things, is a waste. Because it isn't eternal. So what is eternal? People. People are an amazing thing to invest our spiritual value in. To pray for. Yeah. Now, I could even argue this. If the reason why you ask for stuff is so that it furthers God's will and reaches others, then it is eternal. Nice. If you need a bigger car so you can take more people to church or reach more people, then it is good to ask for that stuff. But what's interesting, as we end season four, we're ending the season with the ultimate answer from our initial podcast. Again, going all the way back to the very beginning Drinking, voting, smoking, tattoos, tithing, going to church or not going to church. Praying four seasons later, the answer is the same. The ultimate answer is to benefit other people. People, people, people. Amazing. Thank you, Pastor Joel. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, 
you're not alone. We're here for you.